being told it's who had it last. Uh, yeah, that's where the credit goes. Hi guys. Hi. <laughs> cool delay. That was neat. I, you made me just a little nervous, but I'll get over that because we're talking about anxiety anyway. And I want to start with a disclaimer. All right, this will come into play later on, but I, it's it's one of the last things that's in my notes. But I want to tell you up front, okay, because I'll probably get a lot of questions or that's the only thing you'll be thinking about when you leave. I never said Snickers were evil. Okay? Disclaimer. That's the legal right up front. I never said Snickers were They're not as good as Butterfinger, but they're not evil. Okay? So, how's my hair? It's great. Is it? Am I okay? That's... <laughs> <laughs> Does this shirt make me look fat? Er? Is it? Okay. What do you guys worry about? Paying for college. Paying for college. Yeah. Gosh. That's that's a huge reel. Yeah. What's another one? Grades. 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 Callie. We should talk later on. I can teach you how to not care. <laughs> Which got me through high school pretty smoothly. Pretty smoothly. That's what I told uh, Aaron when he was worried about paying for college for now three daughters. And I just said, you know that thing about read to your children 20 minutes a day? Right? Just don't. <laughs> college is not a problem. How about popularity? Do you care what people think? Yeah. 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 Do, do you care what people think to the point of maybe nervous or anxiety or maybe it's running in your brain a lot? Um, how about significance? I, I, you know, that's, that's, I don't know if that's really going to connect through with you guys. I know when, when folks are older, they're wondering if what they're doing has, means anything, or if I mean anything to anybody else. If I disappeared off the planet, how long before I would be missed? These are things to be anxious about. Um, how about security? You feel safe? I mean, okay, maybe we're physically safe because there's a couple of cowboys in the room. Okay. They will handle anything that comes through the door. All right? You're safe. I feel I feel very secure. I'm not a cow. But what about security at home? You know, I mean like are are the people because we're really not, I don't think, maybe we are concerned about food and shelter. But perhaps the people that provide us right now food and shelter, are, are they secure? Do I worry about parents, home, family? I mean, are these the things we're anxious about? Are these the things that we're nervous about? We're going to read Matthew 6. 25 through 34. Do you guys, Aaron, do you usually have somebody read that? Or shall I read it? Well, for that, I'll use that right now. 
Yeah? Somebody a quick read? Matthew 6? Look at Sarah Noodle is right there. Um, 25 through 34, please. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It is not life life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap wood, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of those. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Boy, each day has enough trouble of its own. And is that ever true? Thank you, Sarah. When did anxiety begin? When did it start? I don't mean when did it start for you. It started for me when I spilled my water, but... When did it begin for humanity? When did people worry? Yeah. Directly after the fall. Immediately, they were worried about their clothes, right? Because they wore leaves. Um, They covered up. Adam and Eve, anxiety began at the fall. Before that, they had nothing to worry about. They actually had this wonderful fellowship with God. They had wonderful fellowship with one another. They had food. They had shelter. They had just perfection. It was great. There was actually the concept of worry never even entered into the mind. God was providing everything. He put them in a perfect environment. But because an alternative voice was considered which was Satan saying, and we find this in Genesis 3, 4 and 5, he says, God doesn't, he just doesn't want you to have the good stuff. I'm paraphrasing, but Satan, when he was checking with them about the rules of the garden, oh, you can't eat from that tree? Well, here, this is the part that God didn't tell you about. That's the best tree in the garden. There's a completely opposite from what God said. God said, you know, enjoy life, enjoy me, don't touch that tree. Uh, I'm sorry, don't eat from that tree. And Satan came along and he said, no, actually what, what God's keeping secret from you is that's the best tree. That's really the experience you want to be having. So as soon really as they weighed, huh, I wonder if God was telling the truth or if this other person is telling the truth, sin was beginning to take hold in the human race. And I don't think we should shrink it down, okay? When Adam, we'll just stick with Adam for a moment. When he sinned and and we read about, you know, their eyes were opened, all of a sudden, boom, something changed. They realized they were sinful, separated from God. They ran and hid. They hid from each other. They hid from God. 
Okay, that wasn't a small thing. That wasn't like they got caught. I mean, we've all been caught with stuff, right? Caught doing stuff. Do, you know, we just we just uh, worshipped on Good Friday, and we went through all of that anguish that Christ went through on the cross. Do you remember what he cried out from the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, at that moment, Jesus, in his humanity, was separated from his perfect unity fellowship with the Father that he had always had and that we have never known because we, we have that relationship broken. But he knew this perfect union with the Father and there on the cross, on our behalf, the Father looked away and, and he felt that separation and it just caused him to cry out. Apart from all of the physical pain, that was more anguish and any other aspect of his suffering on the cross was when the father turned away. Well, you see, when Adam and Eve sinned, when Adam sinned, when he said, I'm going to go with this voice over here, the father had to turn away. That's what crushed Adam. That was the pain. He felt, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Anguish. That was the fall. It was not a little fall. It wasn't like, wow, they tripped up, they screwed up. Now everything's going to be bad for everybody. The only difference between what Adam felt and what Jesus felt was Adam had no grounds to cry out. Why? Jesus was innocent. He was there on your behalf and mine. Adam knew exactly why. God had turned away from him. And ever since then, worried about food, worried about shelter, worried about what his wife was thinking. His wife worried about what he was thinking. They, they were hiding from each other. So Jesus, as he's establishing this new kingdom manifesto that we call the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, he's telling us what a, a citizen of the kingdom of God is like not what you have to do to become one, but what you are when you live as one. He says, this is why I tell you, don't be anxious for anything. And then he goes on to detail some examples. And he closes the idea was, look, just seek after the kingdom of God. Seek to be like a citizen of the kingdom of God. And, and, and understand what... God says is right and live according to that and everything else will come your way. Everything you need will be taken care of if you take, take hold of this one thing. Live like a citizen of the kingdom. Trust in his righteousness. Alright, first point guys. He said, this is why I tell you don't be anxious. The, the, Sarah started reading. She started reading with that. What? What? is why. And he said, this is why, and then goes on to teach about anxiety. What's, what's, the, what's he referring to? You guys have been like, I'm in order with the Sermon on the Mount, right? Yeah, okay. Well, and actually, read verse 24, would you? The verse just before that. Right. 
you can't serve God and money. Okay, so that's when he was teaching about money. But he says you can't serve two masters. And he was just doing an illustration on, on money. And then transitioning into anxiety, he says, see, that's why I told you don't be anxious. Well, the that's why is because you can't live in two kingdoms at the same time. You, you can't serve two masters. Really? Serving two masters is going to confuse you. It's going to make you anxious. Have you ever had two friends that didn't like each other? How do you keep doing that? So the why is the two masters conflict. It separates us. It isolates us. It makes us unstable. Jesus speaks really frankly. The birds and the flowers are insignificant. And that they're completely cared for. They're, they're supported. They're beautiful. They seem to be, I don't know about the birds in your yard, but the ones in my yard are having a good time. You know, they're not, well, it'd be really hard because they have wings, but they're not like wringing their hands, you know, worried about, uh, well, Steve's pretty rely, un, unreliable at the birdseed feeder, you know, um, and, and I wonder where my next whatever is coming from. No, they're fine. They're living, and they're living in complete obedience to how God made them. They're doing what he made them to do. They're not conflicted. They're not anxious. Jesus is using a wonderful, wonderful illustration. Flowers grow, and they look beautiful, and they do what God told them to do. And, and birds live and fly, and they sing, and they're enjoying this good and beautiful life. And they're not worried. And then he comes down really clear. Don't you think God is more concerned with your life than birds and flowers. How much more significant are you to him than the birds and the flowers and the animals? So Jesus lays it out, frankly, this, this is the kingdom of God. You'll be cared for. You'll be taken care of. Your, your father in heaven has all of your needs taken into account and he has all of the power and resource to meet all of them, to grant to you a good and beautiful life. But the other alternative voices that we have, um, I'm going to pick off a couple. I'm thinking maybe some will come to your own mind. Um, the crowd. Uh, I think this will work. You're in school, like at the lunch table or whatever, and the group that you're with, maybe they're even friends from church. Maybe they're not friends from church. They're just the people that you're hanging out with. Um, conversation goes toward something that you know is ungodly. Gossip. Uh, tearing other people down. Just... Frankly, worldly talk. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That's what it was in my era. And 
because of anxiety about being called out or noticed or weird or you go with the crowd on this one. Okay, so you're citizen of the kingdom of God, which would, you know, at least say, that's not right. And one foot over here in, I'm supporting the crowd on this one. Okay, I'm going with the crowd, don't want to stick out, don't want to stand out. That's one. Um, dating, oh, this would be a good one, dating outside of, well, dating. You know, uh, allow me to be a dad. But dating has all kinds of peril associated with it. Emotional, um, you know, with, with friends and with family and everything. And, yeah, how about dating somebody outside the faith that you have in Christ? Someone who's not a believer, boy or a girl, who is, hey, they're all right with you being a citizen of the kingdom of God, but uh, they're a citizen of the world. Okay? So, two different citizenships. Yes, trying to straddle that chasm will create anxiety for you because you will be in two worlds. I'm not saying you're becoming worldly, I'm saying your allegiance is in two places. Um, this is the last one I've got, although I could spend a lot of time and, and find a lot more, and I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit's kind of bringing your personal conflicts to mind. Not in worship on Sunday. When I first came to this church, um, it was a different sort of building than what we worship in now. Picture, you ever seen the Flintstones? Right? Like the bedrock, rock house, you know, caveman style. It was a long time ago. It was a way simpler church. It was really like just this building, and, and it was upstairs. It was completely different from this. And I came to a meeting that was um, a Sunday school class. I didn't go to the worship service for years. I just came to the adult Sunday school class and slipped out. And I stuck my kids in Sunday school because I wanted my kids in Sunday school. But I wasn't part of the church. I didn't go to the worship service. Every once in a while, I did. But I was just on the fringe. And that Sunday school class, man, they were my friends. They were good. It was, it was cool. I was accepted there. It was great. But I wasn't in the life of the church, not so much with just the community, I wasn't coming there to deeply worship God and to invest my life into this place. Um, I mean, if you're coming here and, and, and it's like Sunday night, hey, that's great. But there's a thing that happens Sunday morning, corporately, with old people and young people, and it's called worship. And there are other things to do besides that. The mindset that the other things to do are going to be better is a foot that's over here. And then there's the foot that's in the kingdom of God. This is to worship the living God is one of the highest, most fulfilling things we can do. Um, I'm going to read James 1. 
6, verses 6, 7, and 8. Because it's a favorite of mine. Now, um, okay, verse 5 puts it in the context of if anybody lacks wisdom, he should ask. And this is the start of James's letter. Okay, Ask God, he gives generously without criticizing. And to him, to him it will be given. Okay, so if you need wisdom, God's like freely giving. Great, just ask, you'll get. Now verse 6, this is the part I wanted to, to settle on. But let him ask in faith without doubting. For the doubter is like a surging sea, driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. An indecisive person is unstable in all of his ways. Unstable. If you, if you have one foot in one kingdom and one foot in another, you're going to have instability and you're going to have anxiety based on that instability. Does anybody remember being afraid of escalators? Okay. I'm going to risk seeing a hand on this one. Is anybody still afraid of escalators? Did they? I always think that, I mean, getting on I'm better with, okay? But it's really, it's kind of like a timing thing, okay? <laughs> that I got, I can't just walk onto an escalator, okay? I've got to, I know one foot goes down, and then you have to commit. Okay? It's either I'm out or I'm on. Okay? Because that escalator's going. All right? No, the one that creeps me out is getting off. Because there's like that, that rake. Yeah, spikes. Exactly. Severe tire damage runs in my mind. Okay? Spikes that are, that are like, and then the grooves in the stair are going there. I don't know how. It's physically impossible. I picture my toes going in that. Right? And so I'm off like two steps before it gets to the top. But I'm off the escalator because I'm scared of that little where it goes in thing. But what I mean is that commit when, when I'm going to get on the escalator and I'm going to get on. All right? If you were trying to do a touch and go thing here, yeah, you would have anxiety. You would have anxiety if you are trying to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. And I don't mean to not interact with the world because God has called us to be in the world, be citizens of his kingdom and walking around in the world. And Jesus loved walking around in the world with us and with sinners. That is actually the commission that we've been given. What Jesus is talking about is the loyalty that's happening inside. Where is my allegiance? Who am I trusting in? James is calling this person the doubter. I'm going to ask God for wisdom. I need wisdom. I need to know how to live life. So I'm going to ask God for it. But ask God and commit. He's saying don't doubt. Commit to God's wisdom then. Because you're certainly not going to ask Almighty God for His opinion. If it comes from God, it's settled. That is the wisdom to give you this good and beautiful life you were created to live. And so you're asking God, and whatever He's saying, you're doing. That's the commit. That's the citizen of the kingdom of God. It's not the actions out there, and it's not the people you're hanging with out there. It's what's happening in here, in your heart. 
what am I doing when I feel anxious? Where am I leaning? Where am I drawing my security from? Okay, I want to I want to pull up in this some application. Life consists of more than um, food. Shocking, I know. Um, I can say that now confidently, but about 11 o'clock tonight, because I'm a midnight snacker. Okay, see the profile? This is the profile of the midnight snacker. All right. Uh, yeah, about 11 o'clock tonight, it's going to be, for me, like life consists of food. Okay? And Jesus is saying, no, life's not about food. And your body is not about clothes. However nice those clothes might make your body appear, you know, your, your body is about your, your life and, and how it's lived. And, and he's like, clothes is just one tiny element of the body. And food is... Hopefully, a small portion of your day. But he's offering a life that is in him that is always on. And the world, this other voice that calls out to us, is offering, just like Satan did in the garden, I can get you better. Okay, well, yeah, you can, go to, you can go to church on Sunday. You can go to the worship service on Sunday. Um, but, you know, here's a list of things that would be more fun, more fulfilling, better. Um, yeah, you could stand up for that person who's being run down at school by the folks you're hanging out with. But the other voice is not just making you afraid or whatever, but maybe even generalizing enough to, I can see the point of the crowd. You know, Eve wasn't repulsed by, by the, the serpent, by Satan. She actually considered his words and thought it through. So... See, this illustration, I should have physically brought the stuff in. Okay, could have made somebody's evening. Bowl of strawberries. Can you picture it? Close your eyes if you have to. Okay, yeah. All right, Katie's like totally picturing strawberries right now. If you're allergic to strawberries, I don't want you to break out in a rash. Imagine something else. All right, but you're hungry all day. Right? You, you, you're hungry. You haven't eaten in a long time. And here's this bowl of fresh, ripe, like wet strawberries. Okay? I mean, just, ah, strawberries. Dane, do you hate strawberries? You're like gritting your teeth at me. But strawberries, they're just, oh, they're waiting for you. And you are so hungry. And you pick up one of those strawberries, and it is so sweet and so juicy and so perfect. And, it, and you savor it. You know, I mean, swallowing it is like, too soon. Oh, it's gone. Another strawberry. It's, you know the feeling, right? This is just wonderful. Because you were hungry. Okay. Eat, um, 
eat a king-size Snicker bar, and then try a strawberry. Yeah, not so much. Not so much, right? Because you've been artificially stimulated by uh, some sugar, okay? Uh, some really, remember my disclaimer? Remember? Is it making sense now? Okay, right? Some really awesome sugar in some wonderful combinations with caramel and peanuts and, and things like that, okay? And something called nougat that I'm almost 60 and I don't know what it is, but I love it. Artificially pumped up and that natural, good, beautiful, wonderful strawberry doesn't quite seem like so much. Again, nothing wrong with Snickers. Go enjoy a Snicker bar. But when we're talking about life and the good and beautiful life that Jesus wants to offer you in the simplicity of his word and, and time spent in his word, not, you know, brutally driven in, I got to do my reading plan, but approaching the word of God like a bowl of fresh strawberries. Approaching prayer like a refreshing nap. Don't sleep through prayer. But as a rest and recovery for your soul. Uh, approaching the life that Christ offers in worship as better than any time that you could spend playing Call of Duty. Or, oh, did I just strike a nerve? It felt like something just stiffened up in the whole room. Citizenship in the kingdom of God is awesome. Jesus is saying, don't, don't ruin yourself by, by trying to do some crazy dual citizenship that we don't offer. Okay? And, and, and continuing to dip into false stimulation. False needs meeting. The crowd. The, the romantic relationship that is outside of kingdom citizenship. The rest of the things in the world beside worship and prayer and, and God's word and fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Christ. These things consist, this is what life consists of. And as a citizen of the kingdom of God, you begin to address all of your concerns and all of your plans and all of your needs and your hopes before a living king who cares about you. And Jesus offers you a good and beautiful, abundant life. That's freedom from anxiety, is committing to the escalator. Stepping on and not trying to drag one foot behind. Let's pray for just a moment. Lord Jesus, I, I really believe this is such a simple me uh, message. Um, it's clear. You made it really clear, Lord. Uh, you care more about us than birds and grass. And you want us to commit to your kingdom. Because you totally committed to us. 
So, Lord, I, I pray that you'd make the message clear and lock it into our hearts. But we're not so silly as to think it will be easy because we're really on foreign turf. So we're going to need your power, Holy Spirit, to drive this point home and to help us uh, apply it and enjoy it and live the good and beautiful life that you offer. Amen. Amen.